a Radio 191 FM podcast. From slinging breakfast on Radio 1 to being the mayor who gets it done, it's time for our fortnightly catch-up with Dunedin's mayor, we're Squawking with Hawkins. We are indeed. It's Aaron Hawkins. Morena to you, Mia. Good, good morning, sir. How are we today? Very good. Another um, stupendous sunrise in the Portaporti Dunedin over the harbour. It's that beautiful time of year, isn't it? It is. Where it kind of coincides with your, you know, for the morning commuters, of which uh, we are often among that cohort. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you'll remember from the days gone by that when you get up for the breakfast show, it's still pitch black and uh, there's, it's, 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 it's a dangerous walk. Yeah, true. So the, there's, it's kind of autumn and spring, isn't it, when, it, when the, the sunrise coincides with your, with your morning stroll. But, In, indeed. Uh, indeed. Hey, nothing, beautiful autumn. nothing says pissed off like a stern face and folded arms. And I saw that yesterday in ODT Online, at least, uh, with a story uh, about George, the George Street upgrade. Um, there's a new advisory group for the... There is to be a new advisory group for the project. Council has rejected the staff proposal for the group, saying the terms of reference would anger retailers and their action from the city would be negative, a negative one. What are the terms... Of reference, what are they talking about? Well, firstly, I think what's important to note here is that the the report uh, that reconstituted the advisory group for the George Street work never got debated. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, in, in, in formal terms, uh, there's a there's a point at the meeting where we confirmed the agenda, and rather than uh, have the debate and uh, and discuss. Uh, which groups may or, or may not be of, of use and what the terms of reference for that group might be. Uh, a group of councillors decided that they would prefer to uh, shut down the debate, not have the debate, not have the option to uh, amend that to their liking uh, and defer it uh, to, to the next meeting. So the whole, the whole debate happened uh, around whether or not we should have one in the first place, which is uh, somewhat circular, I understand, um, but it was responding... The report from Council was responding directly to a, a request Council made when we endorsed the last stage of the George Street work to reconstitute the Central City Advisory Group because that seemed like a useful mechanism uh, to get advice um, and feedback uh, as we go through the detailed design uh, work. Uh, what's also probably important to note is that you know, the lack of uh, this advisory group uh, doesn't stop the work. The work will carry on going. It just will carry on going without a formal feedback mechanism and I, I struggle to see how that is in the best interests of uh, the, the affected parties who are being um, lobbied in support of. So, you know, that is, it is what it is and I'm, I'm happy to accept the decision that Council made to refuse to have the debate at the meeting this week but uh, we'll revisit that at the end of the month. You've called it filibusting. Why? <laughs> no, I said, I said this won't be a filibuster. So, you know, the, the idea that somehow by deferring this and not reconstituting this group, the work will somehow stop uh, and, and be delayed uh, and, and, um, and just provide a, a further opportunity further down the line for people who don't support um, the work for the, you know, the anti-development lobby uh, to somehow relitigate or, or stop the work from happening in the first place. Um, that's not going to happen. But the work's been endorsed by council. It will continue. Uh, I would prefer for us to have a, a mechanism for uh, affected parties, you know, whether it's um, Mana Whenua or Generation Zero or the AA or uh, local, you know, the Chamber of Commerce or the Heart of Dunedin Group. All of those um, 
uh, all of those people. I'd prefer to, to have uh, a formal method for us to be uh, talking to them now, but we don't, um, and hopefully we will soon. Well, the, the councillors are saying that um, they want their say on the makeup of the group. I mean, isn't that fair? Isn't that what we voted them in on to do? Yeah, which is exactly what they had the opportunity to do when we considered the report. So, uh, had had we had had it had not been taken off the agenda, we would have got to that agenda item. And if people were weren't happy with the makeup of the group, people could make a, move amendments to that group, and we could debate the con- uh, the composition of that group. I mean, the what people seem to be complaining about uh, in in, def- in defence of not having the debate is exactly what. Uh, the the discussion and debate of a meeting enables them to be able to do and and you'd have to ask them why they chose not to take that opportunity but um, it's it's disappointing when uh, when the um, the mechanisms to achieve what people are asking for already exists uh, but weren't given the opportunity to function that way <laughs> sounds like a mess <laughs> um, right um Alicia Green's artwork, Cote uh, Tuono, has been chosen for the Octagon. It's beautiful. It's awesome, eh? It's amazing. It is. It really is. But is now the time to be spending public funds on such a project? Um, you know, um, you know. with that, we've got the, the, the fallout from COVID, uh, George Street upgrade. Um, can the city afford uh, such, um, you know, a, a project that is going to be quite divisive? Why would it be divisive? Um, because people don't like pe- um, the council spending public money on artwork. Oh, okay. <laughs> just, just spending money on anything. Uh, well, the, the funding was already committed in this year's budget. Mm. Um, this is the first permanent piece of public art the city has commissioned since 2010. Uh, the money got stripped out of the of, of council's uh, budget during the, the post-stadium uh, austerity years. Um, I think it is... Um, important that we continue to invest in, in art and in our creative community and you know often when when times get tough people uh, like to talk about you know, sticking to your business I'll be careful about my language uh, uh, sticking to your core business and only focusing on essential services and usually what that means is uh, things that are important to me and things that I value and so it's impossible to get a, a, a unanimous view around what an essential service is uh, but I've always been of the view that uh, investing in, in art and creativity uh, is important because uh, it allows us to have or it supports us having uh, conversations about big issues, whether that's uh, social, uh, social issues or social inequality or uh, environmental issues and climate change or uh, you know, post, post-colonialism or decolonisation. There are, there are things that art can do and creative practice can do uh, to to inform those debates uh, that um, that are unlike uh, any other mechanism that we have. And so I think, uh, particularly in this global moment uh, around um, uh, race relations and, and Indigenous rights, uh, the idea that finally we have a, a presence from, uh, you know, we have the presence of mana whenua in the heart of our city, which has always been deafening by its absence, in my view. Uh, is is perfectly timed, uh, and it's going to be a remarkable addition uh, to the city centre when it gets built. Are uh, you right? It is sorely lacking, 
uh, in the city. But I mean, you, I, and I know these funds have been allocated, but can they not be reallocated to something else right now? Um, to what? Ah, uh, well, hey, look, that's not for me to decide. <laughs> well, it kind of is, because I think well, it's easy to say uh, this is a frippery or this is frivolous spending and, you know, you could be better off uh, doing something else. But I think people need to be able to articulate what that is. Mm, well, restocking the food banks. Oh, oh, you, oh, you can, or you can do both. Mm. Or, you know, some of those... I mean, and, and we do, I mean, we've got an ongoing and active relationship with Presbyterian support, particularly around the welfare response to uh, to COVID-19. But I don't know, I think it's, uh, I, I think you can achieve both of those things. We have a, an obligation under the Local Government Act. The purpose of the Local Government Act is that councils role, the role of local government is to support the economic, environmental, social and cultural well-being of, of their community. And so you know, we, we have a duty to do that. Um, you know, we haven't invested any uh, funding into permanent works of mm. of public art, art in the public realm. Not everyone's going to go to the public art gallery. I appreciate that. It's important that you have work uh, in, in spaces that that people are and, that, and, and where people congregate. Um, and in the grand scheme of a... You know, um, $277 million a year organisation $65,000 for the first work in a decade um, I, I don't think is, is going to make a, a significant difference to the state of the city's finances Well I like the fact that it is permanent because we've had too many temporary ones lately um, and it, it, like I said before it is uh, amazing and she's such a wonderful artist as well so great choice uh, on yeah, that is, I mean it's, it's a big I think it's a big deal for the city that mm. someone on as significant as as Osha Green is interested in engaging with our public art program, and you know there was we had great finalists on the shortlist. Um, I love John Ward Knox's piece. Uh, this won't be the end, obviously, and I'd, I'd hope that some of that work can get revisited in a, a longer term uh, uh, public art program. Oh, John, um, right. I've, I asked uh, at the beginning of the show for a couple of questions from a couple of listeners, and I got a couple. Um, somebody asked about the lack of footpath uh, bet- in Burnside between the Overpass Bridge and Esnor Street. That's what I'm assuming that place is, uh, because their kids walk to school. Uh, is there any, you know, um, could we see work go in there? You know, NZTA or the council? Have you ever discussed putting footpath in that area of the city? Uh, that's a very particular question. It is, um, well. <laughs> which I can't, I can't offer an answer on. I mean, I know that there. I mean, there is again, uh, we, we we have a limited budget for transport, and, and generally, what happens is uh, that gets prioritised according to um, most urgent need, uh, and, and um, you know, so I don't know where specific things sit on that, or whether they are uh, sitting sitting there. But I would encourage uh, anybody. Uh, who had specific um, uh, questions like that to to just email us dcc at dcc.govt.nz and, and get a more informed answer from uh, people who are who are running that department. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And finally, um, how's the progress going on the compost site on the uh, uh, cap section of the landfill at Green Island? Do you have anything on that? <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, no. I know that's near. I know no, that I mean, is near and dear to your heart. So. Most, most of our focus on um, on waste at the moment is kind of the future of our waste system. Mm. So what, what happens when uh, Green Island reaches the end of its consent? Not too far uh, how away. Are you, 
no, 20, I think 2023 might be. Yeah. Um, you know, what do you, and what is a, a 21st century waste system looks like that actively, um, you know, looks to actively reduce the, the amount of, of, of resource that you throw in a, in a hole in the ground in the first place. So uh, do we need better onshore uh, processing plants for recycled materials? Yes. Uh, does it need to be us that builds it? Because the Ministry for the Environment and, and Government have said that they're looking at what a national, a distributed network of onshore processing facilities are, uh, are going to look like. Um, there are some big questions in the in the short term. You know, how do you how do you avoid building something to cater for current demand uh, and risk, with the risk of you know habits changing and behaviour changing and policy settings changing at a government level that drives behaviour change leaves you with a fairly expensive stranded asset because all of a sudden you may not need quite so much mm. landfill space. So, yeah, we're working through a lot of those a lot of those issues um, with uh, Mana Whenua in particular. We have a very keen interest in uh, what happens to the to the waste stream, but um, which is a really long way of saying I don't have a, an answer for your very specific question about Green Island. But again, um, it wouldn't be difficult uh, to find one. Yeah, um, that's right. That's right. But I mean, you don't have like the, we don't have long on this, and in fact, that we, we've we've delayed um, the questions on the landfill uh, and getting sure to the answers. We really, really have, like we have with the uh, piping work down George Street, and like we have on a few other question uh, other projects as well. But f- for my mind, uh, bringing this up, how is the work going towards the new site? Is is that still happening? Um, the site uh, above Brighton? Yeah. Um, I mean, that's still designated for that purpose. It's not consented, so you know we're doing the work at the at the moment to to get resource consent uh, to do that. Um, a lot's changed since it was it was the early '90s. They got designated as the as the site for the next landfill when when Green Island uh, reached its capacity. And obviously, you can't extend that any further into the. Um, Estuary out there. No. Um, so yeah, I mean that, that work is progressing, but the the resource consent hasn't been lodged uh, for Smooth Hill, and these processes aren't quick uh, for uh, for projects of that size. And you know, a new landfill is always contentious, uh, regardless of uh, which modern standards is being built to, and how modular it is, and how you can mitigate against um, you know bird bird life and all those <laughs> sorts of things, but. Yeah, that's that's a, a big uh, that's a big piece of work that's happening right now. All right, all right. Well, we'll leave it there. Thank you very much, Aaron. Have yourself a wonderful day uh, in our beautiful city. Uh, it's going to be a n- not too bad a one, I think. So um, enjoy it. Thanks, Jamie. All right, Good cheers, evening. mate. All right, Bishop Aaron Hawkins. Thank you so much. That was the Radio One ninety one FM podcast. You can find more at r1.co.nz or wherever quality content is found.